Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. In the last part of a series that we've called Christmas Portraits. And so this morning... Here we have, a, we have a special service. This is the only time of the year we do this when we have all the kiddos in the house. Do I have any kids in the house tonight, today, this morning? You do? We've got a kid over there. How are you doing? Awesome. We've got kids over here, kids all around the room. And so I see some over there. Bam, Mr. Easterling. How are you doing over there? And so uh, we're excited to have the kids uh, in here with us, which guess what? Getting the kids in here, the, there's a, some... Uh, The joy level goes up, the noise level goes up, the crying level goes up, um, the squirming level goes up, and that's okay. And so we are thankful. It is a sign of a vibrant church. We want to have our our kiddos in, and this is, uh, we get an opportunity for all of our awesome team who makes our kids' church stuff happen. Um, that they're able to just have a Sunday off and be together, and we can all worship together. So we're glad to have the kiddos here with us this morning. If you've got your bulletin, you've got your Uversion app, this is kind of where we begin to follow that along. And we've, we've jumped off with this thought um, throughout this series, that the, the first Christmas gives us a picture of how to respond to the gift of Jesus. God's given us a gift and we need to be able to respond well. And so, and sometimes there are these times where it's, it's getting a gift can be awkward. Like if you're, you're, somebody walks up and gives you a gift like in, a, in an awkward setting. You know when you're sitting on Christmas morning and somebody gives you a gift, you're supposed to open it right there. Right? But if somebody like, like catches you at Walmart and goes, oh, hey, I have a gift in the car for you. Follow me out, like, and they, they open their car. Are you supposed to open it right there in Walmart parking lot? They're like, awesome, thank you. And, like, tear into it. Or you go, oh, no, I'll go put this under my tree, and, you know, and I'll Snapchat you with big lips and all the funny voice um, whenever I'm, I'm opening this thing. And so, well, you don't even know what to do. You get this gift in this unexpected setting, and you don't quite know what to do, to how to respond, how am I going to deal with this, and... And so, but what we want to make sure is we respond to the gift of Jesus, right? Which responding to the gift of Jesus means to fully receive the gift. To fully receive it. And to do that, we have to understand the fullness of the gift. And in that, today we're going to be looking in John chapter 1 again. I recognize my my fellow clergy around the U.S. um, are turning in bulk to uh, Luke, which normally in the past we turn to first. Uh, first and second chapter of Luke, and then we turn to first chapter of Matthew and begin to look in that where the nativity stories are. But, but we've been looking at John, which doesn't cover the birth of Jesus, but gives us some insight into why Jesus came. So let's look at John chapter 1, verse 12 again. And John writes, he says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. To become the children of God, not to become the subjects of God. Now, we talked about Jesus as king last week. Jesus is a king, and we need to recognize that and the implications of that. But he didn't give us right to become subjects of God or to become citizens of his kingdom. He gave us right to become children of God, and we need to understand 
clearly that that's what this framework of Christmas is about. Is God sending a son, uh, sending a child so that he could have more children. That Jesus, what we talked about the first week, that we celebrate and, and Christmas is so intimate to us as the children of God and, and to Christ followers. Because we're not just celebrating the birth of our Savior. In fact, we're celebrating all of our birth. Because, because Jesus had his birth, you and I are able to have our rebirth. And we're able to have that and be able to step into the kingdom of God. Because the first son came, a bunch of sons and daughters were able to enter into the family of God. And that's why Christmas has such weight and meaning to us. Because we get to be the children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will. But born of God, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son the, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. Now they were sure Messiah, the King, the Son of David, who would eventually fill that throne again. They were sure the King was going to come with strength, that he was going to come with power. That he was going to come with everything that a king would have. But what Jesus came full of was those things, but primarily full of grace and truth. He was more than what the initial encounter was thought to be. It's like we thought we had this understanding, and it's more than we thought to be. Now, my, our oldest son, Keenan, got to spend some, some time recently on one of the beautiful beaches of Mexico. And it reminded me of my only moment on a beautiful beach in Mexico. We were a couple of years ago. We went on a cruise as a family and were, had a stop in Cozumel, and got to be on one of those uh, beautiful beaches there. And as we got off the ship, you know, then you have your excursion, and we signed up for a little shopping and some snorkeling and stuff like that. So we went and went to where we were supposed to go, and our tour guide met us. There's a guy named Nico. And Nico met us there at our little spot where we were supposed to be. And he checked all our names off and had us all in a line. He gave us little tags. And we all had his little name put on there. Little name Nico so he could find us all. And got us loaded up. Got us all on the bus. And we got all loaded up on the bus and got to our first place. And uh, so we're like, okay, Nico's our tour guide. He's, he's going to make sure we get where we need to be. And so, and then he explains about some of the options that exist in this little stop at the shopping. He says, then you can do this and you can do that. Or you can have this, this tasting thing where you can go and taste these things. And, and he said, you know, and you'll go over here and you'll meet under, under this tree over here. So we did not choose that. We just were going to do some shopping. And so we go over there and sure enough, we look and that tasting group takes off. And who's leading that? It's Nico. Okay, well, Nico's our bus guy, but Nico's also the tasting guy. Okay, and so and then we get back on the bus, and he gathers us all up, and then we go to this, this little resort with the beach and where we're, we're going to do our snorkeling part. And he says, okay, you know, if you're here to snorkel, you'll need to go and talk to these people. So you, kids, my kids go and get their gear, and then they walk towards the beach, and then they're like, hey, you need to meet your uh, snorkel guide. You'll have a snorkel person take you out there. Well, who, guess who it was? It was Nico. And so this guy had so many jobs, it was not even funny. It was like he was like working every angle of this deal. And so and they go out and get in the water. And I kid you not, they said as they're swimming through the water, he was full tour guide even in the water. 
And they said he has his little snorkel kit on, and they see some fish, and he's like, he's like underwater. And so, and it was just Nico everywhere. And, and so in our first encounter with him, we're like, okay, here's the guy who's going to make sure we, we were picked up from the port and we're going to get back to the boat where we're supposed to be. But as the journey went, this guy was involved in everything. He was involved in everything. We didn't know that going in. But when we, later on, we found out when we, got, when we carried the name Nico, we had more support than we ever thought. He was going to be involved more than we ever thought. And when you and I, when we say yes to Jesus as a Savior, and we carry the name Christ, we carry the name Christian, and we think, man, praise God, I'm, I've been able to step over from death to life, and, I, and I'm, I'm a child of God, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And we think, yes, I have a Savior, but as we go on this journey, we find out he's involved in so much more. He's involved in so much more. He's our provider. He's our, he's our comforter. He's our guide. He's involved in every, every area of our lives. And when we respond to Jesus, when we to say, fully say yes to Jesus, is to fully say yes to the fullness of who he is and him being involved in every piece of our lives. So as we move forward and we've been looking at these, these, these snapshots, these Christmas portraits, and we looked at Joseph and, and we looked at Herod and the different lenses of what it meant to respond to Jesus through those, through those, through those lenses. One as a stepdad, one as a king whose power was going to be put in check, and, and then now as, as a mom. But not just a mom, as, as a servant, as we will soon see. But we're going to look and see how we can, what we can pull away from the way Mary responded here to, to being the mother of, of our Savior. And what we can walk away with and, and how we can respond to God in the same way. And the first thing we see is that Mary was willing to trust God's way. She was willing to trust God's way. Sometimes God's way is so much higher than our way, we can't even see. It's like, I don't even get this in any shape, form, or fashion. But she was willing to trust God's way. Let's go ahead and look at Luke chapter 1. Let's look in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you're highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants Forever his kingdom will never end. And how will this be, Mary, asked the angel, since, since I'm a virgin. You're saying I, I, I'm going to carry a child, and you're talking about the fullness of who this child is going to be, and I'm here to tell you, uh, lady, I, I, I'm a virgin. I'm empty. There's no options here, angel. This isn't a possibility. Um, you've got the wrong person. You showed up at the wrong address. And she's like, all she saw was emptiness when the angel was talking about all this fullness. 
And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So we see here as Mary is first told about this. It's first told and be able to respond to who Jesus is and, and her role in her life. She was sitting there looking at her own emptiness when the angel wanted to bring about fullness. I want to invite Mr. K up here. And so Mr. K is one of our very own, been a part of the church since the movie theater days. And uh, you may have seen him around town at Chick-fil-A or Double Dave's time, balloon animals and whatnot, or at a kid's birthday party. But Mr. K uh, does some sleight of hand and some illusions. And uh, I've asked him to be here to help the kiddos understand, and us adults as well, uh, how that in the face of emptiness, that God could actually bring a place of fullness. So here in a place where emptiness was all that Mary could see, that God was wanting to bring fullness and fullness to overflowing. That was what the heart of God was about. But Mary was going to have to, to trust God's way. And, and then as she did that, so many times we think, okay, God, if I, I'm, I'm, I said yes, I'm going to trust your way. Your way is higher. Your way is better than my way. And I, I'm, I'm willing to do that. And then we think, okay, well, that means all of a sudden everything's just going just to click into place and everything's going to be easy. And that certainly was not the case for Mary. As Mary carried this out, not only did, was she now ha had all of the, the gossip behind the scenes of people not believing that by any shape, form, or fashion she was a virgin, that she was there with with a child and, and, and a husband-to-be and all of the different back, <coughs> the back uh, chatter and all of the different gossip that went around and she dealt with that. But then, even in the middle of that, as that child is growing in her, she's looking forward to the day of giving birth and, and having all the things of what she thinks this might be to bring the Son of God into the world. And it was not, did not play out. The way she thought it was going to play out. And we see that Mary was willing to go out of her way. She was willing to go out of her way. Let's look at Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in, in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and to the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Here she is, full-term pregnant. 
And there is a, a foreign power has uh, brought a decree. A foreign power that Israel doesn't want to recognize. No good Jew wants to be submitted to. But the sheer might of Rome has forced them into subjection. And now she's going to carry the Son of God and the upcoming king of, uh, of Israel. And this other king says she has to be very uncomfortable and travel the 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. 90 miles full term. And 90 miles for full term is uncomfortable in a car for about an hour and a half journey. But that was not her journey. She did not have a car. And, and she was not able to, to just go along. If they covered 10 miles a day, that was a pretty aggressive day. So you're looking at a nine-day journey full-term pregnant over the rugged terrain of Israel. She's on a full-term on, on full pregnant. This was not what she thought when she said yes to the angel and said, let me be your servant. I'll say yes to this. And all of a sudden, she did not say, oh, by the way, um, this is pretty much going to be uncomfortable all the way through, and, and it's going to be a pretty miserable uh, uh, last nine or so days of this thing. No, she's just taking it moment by moment. And here it comes. And she could have been so upset and so sideways. And yet she was willing. She was willing to go out of her way. Love is willing to go out of its way. You know, being the, the dad to, uh, to seven kiddos, you know, we, our, our life can get a little bit hectic. And then as each kid gets a, a driver's license, um, hectic kind of goes down a little bit because they can kind of be at their own practices and take care of some things. But there was this season where, man, where the Clark household was in full tilt. Everybody's in basketball and all sorts of extracurricular activities, and we didn't have enough drivers to get everybody around. And there was this one day, Lulu was in a uh, cheer club, and the older kids were all in basketball, and Cutie and I were trying to figure out how we were just going to do it. Okay, this one has to be here then. This one has to be there then. And we're just talking it out. We're not griping. We're not upset. We're just talking it through. And then we hear Lulu, about eight years old, pipe up and say, um, if it's better for the family that I not do cheer club, well, then I can just quit cheer club. And, um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that is, that is so sweet. Now, you're doing cheer club. Everybody else can stop what they're doing. Everybody else can get out of basketball, but you are... You are doing cheer club and because uh, you were willing to not do cheer club. And then, uh, um, then as she's gotten older, I realize she's, she's pretty smart. Now, she may have been working me on that deal. <laughs> and go, man, this, they're about to cut somebody. I better, uh, I better be the, the, the willing to lay it down and dad won't do that to me. And so uh, were you working me, girl? <laughs> and so uh, anyways, but the, uh, it was so sweet that she was willing to look and be and, and go out of her way for the sake of the peace and the flow of the family. And it was one of those moments that I, I'll remember if, um, for the rest of my life that I was just so proud of my daughter for, for her willingness to be able to do that. And love is willing to go out of its way. Love is willing to put others first. Love is willing to say, I'll take the hard spot. I'll take the uncomfortable spot if it's for the benefit of others. And Mary... Mary was willing to do that. Not only was she willing to trust God's way, she was willing to, to go out of her way. And then in the middle of all of that, she did what may have been one of the most profound, amazing things that she did, which 
Mary then treasured the way. She treasured it. She found what was of value in the middle of this mess. She found what was of value in the middle of it and held on to that. Let's keep a reading and let's look at Luke chapter 2. It says, when the angels had, had left them, this is the shepherds, and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Folks, this is a, this is a feed trough. This isn't a sweet little Israel word for, for a, a, a baby bed. This isn't, this isn't Hebrew for a cradle. A manger is where these livestock would come and put their faces and get their food. And Jesus, that was the, the place they had where they were to be able to put him in there. And in fact, that was one of the signs that the angels had told the shepherds, go over here and you will find a baby lying in a manger. Like what kind of mom sticks their baby in a feed trough? What kind of mom does that? Like that, that's certainly going to be a little peculiar if we show up. And sure enough, here's this king, here's this savior, and he's in a feed trough. Um, yeah, odds are no. And so Mary could have been really upset and think, I said yes. I said yes to deal with the hardship. I said yes to deal with the gossip. I said yes to deal with all this. I even said yes to the journey. And you would have thought that when I got to the end of the journey that, that there would have been a room, that there would have been a spot, there would have been a bed, there would have been a corner in some place for the Son of God to come in. And instead, I've got this stable. Instead, I've got this, this place. And the best thing I can do is to, to clean up and to, to place my child in this manger, in this feed trough. An unannounced guest show up. Every new mom loves unannounced guests showing up. And these shepherds come in and say, I want to see the baby. And they peek in, and she could be looking at that manger and just weep and go, seriously, this is the best I can give her? This is the best. This is it. I, I'm failing as a mom. And those shepherds, they come in, and they see that, and I guarantee one or two of them had tears in their eyes because they look in, and there he is, a baby in a manger. No way. No way, baby. It, seriously? This is the Savior this is who, who we've been looking for. Nobody expected this. And so Mary is sitting there willing to trust God's way and go out of her way. And then in a very ugly scenario, having given birth in a stable, putting her baby in the best place she could, a, a feed trough, having these people show up out of nowhere, Mary finds treasure in the middle of that moment, she finds treasure. It says, so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. She treasured them up. She, she held them close. They... These became not things that she despised. 
not places that were signaled as a failure or some place that she was falling short as a mother. She found treasure in the middle of places where most of us don't. Folks, I'm here to tell you, we're about to step into the Christmas week, and, and I, there are going to be parts of it that are just not exactly what you thought they would be. There are going to be parts of it that are a little more difficult. There are going to be situations with family that don't go as smooth as you wish they would go. But I'm here to tell you, look through the lens of what God is doing. Look through the lens of what he, the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in, in your life and in your family. Because I'm here to tell you there's treasure all around you. There's treasure all around you. Even in the middle of most unlikely places, there's tr- treasure all around you. And if you will find it and you'll look at it and you'll hold on to it, that gets you through the unpleasant times. It gets you through the hardship. It gets you through the ugly. It gets you through the, all the what-ifs for you to carry forward. Because although Mary was willing to, to trust God's way and go out of her way, and, and she treasured the way, folks, you and I can do the same thing. Because Jesus reminds us in John chapter 14, verse 6, that Jesus answered, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And this brings us right back around to John chapter 1. Why? Did Jesus come? Jesus comes so that any who believed in him would have the right to become the children of God. To become the children of God. Jesus is the way for us to step into God's family. Jesus is the way. And it's not always the easiest. And it doesn't always go the way we think it's going to go. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be cushy. But I'm telling you, there's treasure all along. And and that treasure is the relationship that God gives us with him. And the restoration he brings with others. So I want to create a moment here and now. Folks, our bottom line is Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. And I want to create a a moment where we have an opportunity for those who maybe have felt disconnected from God. Maybe have had the kind of the wrong idea of this. And every time you think about God, you think of some angry entity who has some standards you can never live up to, and and all he does is find your shortcomings. But today you see that that's not the case at all. You see that God so loved that he sent his son so that you could not be a subject, not so that you could be a citizen of what he had going on, but so you could be his child, so you could be his kid, so you could be in his family. This is about family. And it's about, yes, to being in the family of God about saying yes, that God is the one who did the work. He gave the gift, and we just have to receive it. And if you're here this morning, you're ready to fully receive the gift, the gift that God gave us in Jesus, the gift of a Savior, the gift of a Lord, the gift of a comforter, of a presence who would be with us, the gift of himself. If you're here this morning, I want to create a quiet moment with our heads down. And if you're here and ready to say yes to that, I want you to just lift your hand and we want to pray with you. Just lift your hand this morning and we want to pray with you. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise God, yes. Believers, I want you to just lift your voice with these. I want you to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent Jesus. That he is your son. But he isn't your only son. 
You send them so that you could have lots of children. And today I choose to receive that. I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. I believe he died for me. I believe you raised him from the grave. And I believe he lives even now. And because of that, I am now your child. And you're my father. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I want to ask my family to come join me up here. And I'd ask you to stand up. We're having a family service today. I have everybody together. And so as we go out of here, I just want us to pray as families. So if you just grab the hand of a loved one near you. We've done this the last couple of years. And for us to just uh, hear as we step into Christmas together. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus, that any of us who would receive him, who would believe in him, Lord, that we can become your children and become part of your family. Lord, today, as we stand with the ones we love, Heavenly Father, we declare, Lord, our love for you. We declare, Lord, that we need you at the, at the center of our lives and the center of our families, Lord, and we look to you Lord, not just as individuals, but as families, Lord, as the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, as we go out of here today with joy, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.